0: Farm incomes have been on the rise for the past five years, and while they may drop some in 2023, they will still remain at a healthy level. That's according to Blaine Nelson, senior economist on the strategy, research, and analytics team at Farmer Mac. I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest PharmaPort. Nelson describes what we can expect this year in terms of acreage, commodity prices and farmland values.
1: So farm incomes peaked last year, according to the USDA's February report, on a net cash farm income level, nearly $200 billion. Highest level on record uh, on an inflation-adjusted basis and certainly on a nominal basis. So very strong farm incomes last year. The year before, they were also strong. We've seen farm incomes on the rise, actually, for the past four, five, six years. What's interesting is that the USDA doesn't see that momentum necessarily carrying forward. And it's not necessarily likely that they would, given that we peaked at record level last year. We're going to decline about 23% this year, according to their report. It's a headline grabbing number, 23% decline in farm incomes. That is on a normal year, a pretty big drop. The thing to keep in mind is that it's only to $150 billion, which is about 50% higher than the historical average. So farm incomes are likely to remain elevated this year. That's the way USDA sees it. They're gonna be down off of last year, but still at a very healthy level. And the farm sector overall remains in a really good spot.
0: What is the acreage forecast? I know USDA's report maybe isn't exactly the same as Wisconsin's annual crop average. Take me through that comparison and then how that plays into even farm expenses and things like that.
1: The USDA currently sees more corn and wheat acres this year acres of soybeans is supposed to stay stable over here at a national level. For Wisconsin, they see it running a little bit counter. Um, soybean acres is actually supposed to increase in Wisconsin, wheat acres supposed to decline, hay acres down, and then corn relatively flat. So somewhat counter to the national trends, it is a reflection of what's gone on in the state of Wisconsin for the past 30 years. Fewer dairy cattle has led to fewer acres of hay needed. On the other end of the spectrum, soybean profitability, especially in the upper Midwest, has increased pretty drastically over the past few decades, and so it's only natural that you would see the increase in soybean acres. There is something to be said as well. Expenses for soybeans do historically run lower than corn, mainly because they require significantly less amount of fertilizer. And so when we think about a high input cost year, and that's what the USDA thought it was going to be, it, it is only natural that you would see more acres of soybeans. It's interesting in their perspective planning report that they didn't see that at the national level. They did see more acres of corn and soybeans staying flat. Uh, but. You know, it's only a March report, and, and this is their projecting based on um, what they were seeing going into the year. We'll learn a lot more when their June report comes out with actually what people planted. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we did see more acres of soybeans than that we than were actually planted last year on the national level.
0: How are commodity prices looking this year compared to past years?
1: Commodity prices are down compared to where they were last year. It's unfortunate, but you know it really is a reflection of the fact that last year we saw a huge supply disruption from the ukraine war they're still at elevated levels farmers should still be profitable given what the current futures prices show but they are going to have to manage their margins a little bit more proactively than they probably had to last year farm expenses have come up in aggregate we have seen a bit of a pullback in farm expenses that should help preserve again some of those when you think about a profit margin the decline in commodity prices you've also seen a pullback in some expenses cash rental rates seed costs a lot of those non-energy related prices are up though this year and that's going to compress margins when we think about where we're going moving forward you, you have to take into account our competitors latin america has a very big crop coming to market and that's going to absorb a lot of that export demand argentina is suffering from a drought and so there is hope that maybe the us can slide in and, and take some of that demand that generally goes to the argentina producers but Brazil's crop is so large that they are in a pretty good spot to fill that instead of the U.S. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Lower prices probably overall this year compared to last year, but still at a very profitable level.
0: When it comes to hay prices, how is drought driving the regional differences throughout the U.S. that you're seeing? And how is that going to affect Wisconsin specifically?
1: So Wisconsin... Luckily, not suffering from the same drought conditions that have plagued the U.S. Southwest. Hay prices in California this past winter skyrocketed. Really a reflection of how bad the drought got there last year. When we think about, okay, moving forward, what do we see happening? Well, the drought is largely abated in California, but it's migrated to the Southern Plains. And there, the beef cattle sector relies heavily on pasture in that area. And so because the drought is so intense it's hit the pasture quality and beef producers there have had two options right they can either sell their cattle or they can go out and buy feed they've really done a little bit of both feed inventory levels if you think at hay inventory across the US is down this year it's a reflection of increased demand because pasture conditions are bad but Even with the ability to buy feed, a lot of producers have just had to sell cattle. And so you know, hay prices moving forward, they're likely to remain somewhat elevated depending on what type of a crop we see really across the U.S. this year. Uh, But luckily for producers in the Midwest, they haven't had to pay, at least dairy producers, I should say in Wisconsin, haven't had to pay maybe the same elevated prices that they would have if they were located in the U.S. Southwest.
0: What trends are you seeing in farmland values?
1: They have started to slow and, and we started to see that really at the back end of 2022 and now through this spring. Several reasons why I won't kind of define them all, but higher interest rates, right? A lot of headlines about that, lower commodity prices kind of weighing on profitability. We've discussed that. And then just a, an increase in the amount of acreage being brought to market this year. A lot of absentee landlords or retiring farmers have looked at record farmland values and they said, hey, it's a great time to sell and uh, cash in on this. And so we've seen a lot more of those acres being brought to uh, market and sold. It hasn't weighed too heavily on farmland values, but you have seen the rate of increase really start to
0: slow. How do agriculture exports affect those farmland values then? Where's the trends of comparison there? Because Some people may not think you're exporting things. How does that affect the land? But it does.
1: It does. And, um, you know, I think it's really interesting to look over a long term, the correlation between agricultural exports in the U.S. and farmland values. It's almost one to one. It makes sense. Exports are such an important component of farm incomes overall. Exports account for about 20 percent of uh, U.S. agricultural production. So it's a key part. When we see greater export demand, we see higher farm incomes and farmers tend to invest back in uh, their primary asset, which is farmland. And so um, we saw record exports last year, nearly $200 billion. And um, that really led to the boost in incomes that I've already discussed and, um, and higher farmland values. Looking ahead, we're really going to want to probably see a weaker U.S. dollar in terms of helping kind of encourage U.S. exports from a uh, competitive standpoint globally. But um, so far this year, the first two months of data that's out shows that the U.S. agricultural exports are on pace with last year, which again, was a record year. Um, and so that's conducive, hopefully, for uh, higher farm incomes that should help offset some of the higher interest rates.
0: So earlier you were talking about the bank issues. Can you kind of touch on that, but what challenges the Federal Reserve facing and knowing those challenges? What do farmers need to do then to remain profitable?
1: Yeah, so the Federal Reserve raising interest rates was really to help kind of conquer um, elevated inflation levels. They've done a decent job at least at starting that process. Inflation has started to trend down, but its higher interest rates have caused a whole lot of you know collateral damage, if you will, um, in some unforeseen ways, some maybe a little more predictable. I think what's important for farmers is going into this a lot of them were able to lock in a lot of low interest rates on on a long-term fixed basis that sets them up very well to be able to weather some of the interest rate volatility here that we see in the in the near to medium term when, when thinking about production loans and the fact that you're borrowing on a year to year basis that you are going to see higher costs the one thing to note there is that higher farm incomes have given producers options they don't necessarily need to borrow as much because they're sitting in you know, in, in many cases on a lot of cash. And so that helps them, it gives them a, a decision, how much do they want to borrow? It also, because they have a lot of cash, gives them the ability to absorb higher interest rates. Um, and so high farm incomes have really struck at a good time to help farmers kind of navigate the volatility we've seen in the interest rates.
0: That was Blaine Nelson, Senior Economist on the Strategy, Research, and Analytics team at Farmer Mac. You can learn more and reach out to him at farmermac.com. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.